Ladies and gentlemen, this is a very special episode of the Opvac cast because this is our St. Patrick's Day celebration right here today. It's a special episode. Now, a lesser podcast. A lesser podcast would probably cover, eh, I don't know, the Leprechaun series maybe. That seems like a fun thing to do around St. Patrick's Day. But no, we're better than that. We're smarter than that. We're going bigger than that. And not only are we not covering the Leprechaun series, we're going in uncharted territory, and we brought along a real Irishman. Jack Easton is with us today. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're legitimizing yeah. the process. Oh, is that what, is this, I don't think we can legitimize this process. This is a, <laughs> this is a terrible idea from step one, mm. let's go. Let's do it. All right. And we also have Jake Trapila here with us. Hey, good evening, everybody. How you doing, Jake? Oh, I've been better, but we'll see how this goes. <laughs> and we got Adam Myros. Uh, what the hell do dwarves have to do with St. Patrick's Day anyway? We'll get into that. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. And Steve Coleman's here, too. Yeah, are we going to go around and tell our, talk about our Irish heritage? Yeah, you know, uh, actually, I was going to ask Jack. Jack, how fun is it for you? As a man actually from Ireland, now living in the United States, on St. Patrick's Day, when some drunk frat boy goes, Hey, man, I noticed your accent, and like, I just want you to know I'm like 128th Irish. Is he yeah. hanging out with, uh, what's his name, from Bill and Ted's? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't read. The thing is, that's, that's not like limited to St. Patrick's Day. That's like a 365 days a year thing. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, um, I just, you know, I've got a granddad from Tipperary. Do you know anyone from Tipperary? I'm like, yeah, it's next to where I grew up. It's just a place. <laughs> it's houses. Yeah, so, you, yeah, you actually know every single person from Ireland. That's, that's what people when, don't know. One one time, someone gave me a letter to try and deliver to someone in Ireland because they had tried to contact them and they hung up on them. They were like distant, distant possible relatives, and they rang them from America and they just hung up on them because obviously <laughs> they gave a crap. So they decided the logical conclusion that would be to give an Irish person a letter to deliver to them <laughs> when they went back to Ireland. I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. What the f- of all the things I would give somebody from Ireland, a letter is the last thing. Well, I, yeah, well, I think you're going to write a give, rainbow Dave. across the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. That, well, at the time I was in the U.S. temporarily then, so I was I was going to I was going to go back to Ireland reasonably soon, but I wasn't like it's a different part of Ireland, and I wasn't going to go and walk up to their house and go, "Hey, that person you don't give a shit about, here's a letter from them." <laughs> I mostly want to know what Steve Coleman would give someone to give to someone. Oh, give this shillelagh <laughs> a piece of his mind. Yes. Ceremonial shillelagh, of course. <laughs> a box of Lucky Charms. Yeah, a sack of potatoes. I don't know. I, you know, those are all acceptable things to give to people from Ireland, I would assume. All right. Well, you know, we're, we've kind of danced around the subject a little bit, but today we're not going to be talking about the Leprechaun series. We're going to be talking about a movie that recently came out on Blu-ray, courtesy of the lovely people at Severin, and that's The Sinful Dwarf, uh, which I guess technically doesn't have that much to do with St. Patrick's Day, other than leprechauns are traditionally small, as are dwarves. Yeah, this is all a cruel hoax, I think, really. Mm-hmm. Um but we can go with it anyway. It's just it seemed like a good idea at the time. It did. Well, you know, we're, maybe we're reaching a little bit, but you know, I'll give it a pass. We're in the ballpark. Ah, uh, boy, this is uh, something. I don't even know where to start. Really, um, we all watched the triple X uncut <laughs> version. <laughs> If you're going to go big, or if you're going to go there at all, just go big. Go big, like, yeah. why waste time? I mean, yeah. yeah. We we wanted the full sinful experience, and boy, did we ever get it. And it was weird, too, because it was just me and Steve Coleman and some beers and just a full sinful Sunday together. and uh, Lots of butt crack. Oh, my God, yeah. And, you know, people talk about exploitation films and horror films, and you see words like, oh, gross and sleazy thrown around. 
there's very few movies that I've seen where I can aptly describe them as sleazy. The Sinful Dwarf may be the apex of sleaze. There's just like, uh, even the way it looks, it, it looks like the film was shot and then someone just smeared like piss and cum all over the negative and then that's what's being projected onto the screen. There's just this hazy, gross dirtiness to the whole thing and it's it's very unnerving. Uh, if you've not seen The Sinful Dwarf, basically it's the story of uh, a woman and her, her son, who is the titular Sinful Dwarf, and they it's run a, a little a, uh, little flop house, a little bed and breakfast. <laughs> British woman whose son is Belgian. Very Belgian, and we will most certainly get into that. It explicitly. Just, that, that's a Jean-Claude Van Damme trope right there. You know, <laughs> He's Belgian, but he's not. He's from somewhere else, and they have a good... He was raised by Belgian nuns or something, probably, yeah. just like Van Damme, you know? I'd like to think that Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, Torben Beale, and uh, Tommy Wiseau all reside in the same European country that is unspecified. <laughs> that, that's a reality TV show right there. <laughs> Yeah, so they they run a flop house, which is apparently not profitable enough. So their solution to paying the rent is to abduct women, load them up on heroin, and then men come and pay money to have sex with the women. Keep them naked. Keep them naked and uh, occasionally chained. Now, we can get into the finer points of this, but, you know... As much as I was buying in the Sinful Dwarf, I do take issue with their business model. I gotta say, I don't know if that's the best way to pay the rent. However do you mean? Well, you know, if if I'm running an unsuccessful flop house, first of all, Torben, quit playing with your toys and maybe put a coat of paint down. That would help. It's a little dirty in there. <laughs> that that would be good. I, one of the things that confused me is uh, it used to be an Illinois club. They explained this. Torben's mom always does still song and dance routines, like yeah. the creepiest cabaret in the and, world. And, and they, someone asks her, why don't you turn it back into a nightclub? It used to be really popular. And she just goes, oh, it would be too much trouble. <laughs> so like she can't be bothered. Doesn't but, she allude to a fire, though, too? Yeah, and she has her a face scar on her scarred. face. Yeah. They could do that, but it's, uh, she didn't yes. specifically say that, you know, absolutely not. It's, like, oh, it's too much trouble. Best to just keep some heroin addled victims up in the attic, you mm-hmm. know, in a non soundproofed room, and then keep tenants. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the other thing, too. So they have tenants. They also have these, these heroin sex slaves in the attic. But it's like, okay, so you want to run a flop house. I don't really, I mean, do they use the heroin because it's cheaper to buy heroin from a guy who's literally named Santa Claus and runs a toy store? Is it cheaper to buy heroin from Santa Claus and dope up girls that you abduct than it is to just hire cheap prostitutes? Probably. There's a lot of questions there. There's a lot of questions there. And I think... A lot of this might have gotten lost in translation because one of the things that I noticed in the opening credits of The Sinful Dwarf, which I like to talk about because they're amazing, um, <laughs> this is an adapted screenplay. So, it was this? 1973, uh, The Godfather wins Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay. My vote would have gone to The Sinful Dwarf because obviously there's, there's a lot of lore here that we're not privy to uh, in this adaptation. <laughs> uh, and I just I really like the idea that someone sat down and wrote the story of The Sinful Dwarf and then someone else read it and was just like, oh yeah, this needs to be a movie. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the opening credit scene is absolutely incredible. Best music ever in an opening credit scene? And they mentioned that find out that it's just public domain music yeah it's true it's public domain they didn't even have to pay for that piece of music but it's effective it works it does it really does and i think that that was one of the most disappointing things when we were going through the supplements and uh you know they they finally hunted down the composer and they were talking to him and he's just like well actually the only part that i composed was that part in the attic and i'm like i don't even remember that song is the rest of it i just found a bunch of public domain music and just kind of put it in there so i was like more of an arranger Yeah, you, you got to give credit to Severin, though. They did their they did their due diligence trying to track down people associated with this film, and basically what they found out is that no one wants to talk about this film. No yeah. one wants to go on camera and go, oh, let me tell you about that production. Which, again, uh, is shocking, because, I mean, when, when we look at other sleazebag movies, uh, we've been talking on and off about Island of Death between 
you know, the four <laughs> of us, which that movie is its own special, special thing. And yeah, I didn't have any trouble tracking down the director of that. Uh, you know, there's usually there's at least one person who's just like, oh, yeah, the sinful dwarf. Like, that was a thing that I did. Like, nobody. Everyone's just like, oh, no, I'm not talking about that. That's not a thing. It's true. And Island of Death comes, I think, like on the on the new Blu-ray. There's like some like a, a four part documentary yeah. about its making. You know, about, which, and that's that's the movie where like people just go around indiscriminately killing others, and then someone fucks a goat. Like that, the, yeah, that's sure. the goat fuck movie, and they can do a four part <laughs> series. Four part documentary. Yeah. I don't know if they track down the goat for that though. So oh yeah, we might, get, we might get the whole the yeah. whole tale. I mean, and and you can't you can't really would, know what would happened. Would the goat there. have said it was bad? <laughs> God damn it! Oh. oh boy oh bestiality puns oh, oh the best kind the best kind but yeah it's it's crazy because Severn goes through the whole process like they talk about how you know they tried to track them down and it's amazing how many dead ends they ran into just trying to find a single person who was involved in this movie which is crazy because all these actors and actresses I guess were working under pseudonyms which is I guess normal for the pornography industry especially in europe at that time but the fact that just none of them ever did anything ever again it's kind of weird especially Uh, the lead actress not terrible not terrible yeah it seems to be her only film credit on imdb yeah so i don't know if she did any other films or if if imdb just as an income when when you're getting into that kind of esoteric sleaze movies you can never really tell whether or not they're going to, IMDb is going to be a reputable resource. It's kind of relying on people who really care about updating that stuff and knowing what's going on. Sure. So sure. yeah, and, and that Anin Torben is he died a while back. Apparently the the dwarf, but he apparently was a, a t a, what a children's TV star in Denmark for a while as well. I mean he could swing between those two different worlds, sure. which is interesting. That is kind so, of weird. I wonder what show he hosted. If anybody can find <laughs> any like video of that. Oh God, I would love to see that. It was called like Kinder, uh, Kinderfucken. <laughs> I'd assume it doesn't exist. It'd probably be on your uh, DVD there. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Now, By the, the other- way, I just wanted to say that uh, since three of you people have too much money on your hands and bought a Blu-ray of this film, <laughs> uh, what, I'm, I'm very disappointed that no one bought the uh, 12-inch plush doll of, of the Sinful Dwarf. Now, my problem was I didn't order directly from Severn. I ordered it from Amazon, so I didn't, I didn't even get the email. <clears throat> I guess like they, they didn't come out with the doll until after they had already announced the Blu-ray, and they were like, oh, by the way, if you want to pay a couple extra bucks, we will throw in this doll. There was also a T-shirt option. Um, had I known that, and had I, you know, ordered from Severn originally, rest assured, I would have gotten the doll because it definitely talks when you squeeze it. Oh yeah. God, what does it? What does it say? I don't know. Probably like <laughs> it has the kitchen look. The bed is comfortable. There should be a drawstring on the back when you pull it. It just holds a walking stick and it judders the walking stick in a kind of rapey fashion. Oh which god. Fit in, the, fit in with the film. <laughs> I, you know, maybe they'll come out with a whole line of toys. I want that little doggy, you know, the, the one that just like walks around like, burp, 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 burp. that would be great. I would buy Severin that. Should, Severin should expand it to other films in the line. I would love a Vampiros Lesbos uh, plush doll set. That, that would, would be, be good. amazing. Or, you know? you know, maybe if they ever got the rights to Island of Death, you could have your own fuckable goat. Inflatable <laughs> goat. <laughs> there are other websites, I believe, that are probably offering similar options. That is true. Know. But are they officially Island of Death branded fuckable goats? <laughs> Probably More not. research necessary. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Um, can we, Jake? I want to. I want to hear from you on this one because I think you're, you're one of the only people I haven't really talked to about this very much. <clears throat> yeah, um, I'm. T- I'm trying to figure out. Can we talk about just the beginning? Of I would love the to. movie because I, no. I. I don't know. Is is that supposed to be a child or a mentally disabled woman? Or can, walk us through what happens at the beginning of this movie. Certainly. So uh, we open um, a woman who looks to be in her mid-twenties is playing hopscotch on a sidewalk. And in the background, emerging from around a corner, is uh, the titular dwarf. Does he have a name? I don't know. Billy, I think. And he's approaching. He has a cane and he has two wind-up toy puppies that walk and bark. And he sets up next to the girl doing the hopscotch and winds up the toys and she stops playing hopscotch and goes to the dogs and then he leads her back to the flop house and takes her inside and then he goes 
I have more toys upstairs. That and was then, incredibly good. Oh was my really god! Good. Thank you. And then takes her up to the ba- or the attic, and uh, when she's distracted with the toys, knocks her out with his cane. And then we go into the amazing opening credits of all the little creepy wind-up toys to this inappropriate music. Yeah. So is she is she supposed to be a kid? And then, like, obviously, you can't have a child, an actual child sex slave. She, she has to be. Yeah. She. I would think she's supposed to be younger. Or mm-hmm. she's just probably uh, mentally retarded to yeah. be playing hopscotch as an adult. I, I guess okay. either way, it doesn't really make it better. It's just like, is is Torben Bell, is he like a predator with mentally disabled people or with children or maybe both? Well, well I'll tell you what the, what this put me in mind of. Because uh, you're talking, you started off with films that you can't think of. Like, it's hard to think of a film that's as sleazy as Sinful Dwarf. The, this, in that opening scene, it put me in mind of one other film that is as sleazy. And uh, I just realized it's available for free on Amazon Prime. So if anyone's never seen <laughs> oh, it, God. there's a chance. Have, if anyone has seen a Hong Kong film called uh, Red to Kill... It is a masterpiece of sleaze cinema. It's insane. But it does involve, at one point, an incredibly sexed-up rape sequence of a disabled girl. Oh, which Jesus. Which is the most awkward and insane thing I have ever seen in cinema. And it's kind of the same thing, because she's, like, she's mentally disabled in the film, but not like it's really bad acting, so it's just not really mentally disabled, but she's supposed to be. And this is a film that actually ends with a plea that we treat mentally disabled people better. They actually managed to put that into the movie oh while making God. it just an exploitation-filled, sexy, sleazy, just murder mystery film. It's insane. I, I wonder, but, uh, like, with Amazon Prime, do they actually have anything in place, like, for quality control? Because when I think about the things that are on Amazon Prime, and I'm like, wow, I didn't see that coming. And it's impossible, like... It, the the user interface is horrible on Amazon Prime streaming video. It is. And it's really tough to find shit. But every once in a while, like I'll just be searching for a movie and it's just like, oh, I can watch that. That's weird. <laughs> I mean that's that's where the you know, Neil Breen is on Amazon Prime, so clearly it's uh, yeah, it's I, don't, I don't know where they source this, but I, I just figured it was worth mentioning as, again, that film, because there is that doubt there. It's like, is she supposed to be a child? Is she supposed to be mentally disabled? Why in the hell would you even put that in as a pro? Although I guess the, 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 the thing is that the dwarf is always, he always has toys. The, the whole flop out is littered with toys. Later on, mm. someone reveals their position by stepping on a squeaky toy. There's just toys everywhere. That's his thing mm. when he's not injecting heroin into women. <laughs> and um, so it's, but I guess it's the only way reasonably when you've decided that the dwarf has to have toys then, and you need that tied in. I guess you just have to have that women are really entranced by the toys, which is mysterious enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think she says that girl doesn't say a word for the entire film. No. So I guess it's just, you know. Is she what, even whatever. one of the prisoners? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think she is, but it's hard to tell, honestly. I think, was, was she the one who was closest to the door? Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know, honestly. There's a there's another blonde one, and there's one that looks like Amanda Plummer, and then <laughs> later the wife comes in. But I don't ever remember the girl from the sidewalk being a I, part of the chain gang. Yeah, I yes. think she is like one longer haired brunette in that room too. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there's only like three her. women in the room, so we probably shouldn't be this confused. Although what confused me about it is that they've got this windowless prison that they keep all the women in, and yet they one of them has clear tan lines. Like so, that's interesting, and she has no clothes. <laughs> Mysteries abound. He just went to the beach and got her while she was sunbathing. Yeah, there you uh, go. That's true. Maybe that's, that's it. it. Well, and I she has to be up there because I know before they abduct uh, the guy's wife, um, there's this part where she's like, "We need more girls because so and so's too addicted to the heroin we're injecting into her." And Torben's like, "But I just got a new girl." Like, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he's a little upset. Sorry, I just I just kind of gave him like word slurring Arnold Schwarzenegger voice there. That wasn't my best. <laughs> Jake's we're gonna have to default to Jake for all the uh, sinful dwarf voicing. I just got the new girl. There we go. That's beautiful. Said <laughs> a honeymoon sweet lyric. <laughs> God, we have a toilet down the hall. New girl now. <laughs> I would actually. Can you imagine like an HGTV like uh, home redesign show with uh, the sinful dwarf? Because I think it'd be great. Like when when the couple first gets to the flop house and he's giving them the tour, just his enthusiasm is fantastic. Like I was really buying into the place. I'm like, yeah, 
I'd, I'd, I'd live there. <laughs> he is easily the best thing about this film. He, he's mm-hmm. what kept me from shutting it off all the way through is I wanted to see what he does and says next. Sure, Tor- sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would say... What's he yeah. going to do with that cane? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we find out. Do we ever? <laughs> uh, it's very true. I, it, he almost like kept the movie was like oddball and kind of interesting for about 35 minutes. And then after that, it was just gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was 35 minutes. Was that when the first triple X sequence emerged, I believe? It was around that time. Is- it is. I went back and timed it all, and that's where it happens. Oh, yeah, well, there we go. around the time where it's like, okay, this is becoming slightly more of a labor uh, of of dedication to doing this podcast than actually entertaining myself. Yeah, well, and the, the weird thing about the movie, too, and Steve pointed this out aptly, uh, every time it would switch into triple X mode, like you could see the spliced-in scenes because they were of a far lower quality, so, like, the film would all of a sudden get a little scratchy, and, and it would have this blue tint, and that, that was, like, the signal that something you don't want to watch is about to happen. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... <laughs> what, what I noticed about it is that, honestly, the, um, like, the triple X version has, I guess, the, it has the specific, like, penetration shots and things. But, mm. honestly, the, the American release, which was Abducted Bride rather than The Sinful Dwarf, it went under a different name, but the American release of the film, honestly, has got some pretty strong sexual content already unveiled in it it's not like hmm. the triple x is not really adding that much more it's just going a little bit a little bit further but honestly there's a i mean you could see things in the orated cut they're, they're not orated i'm sure the mpaa never sat through this thing no. but in the american release cut that are you know far beyond the pale for an orated film or even an nc-17 rated film at that oh, time i feel like in 73 purplish brown ball sacks were okay yeah that, that's the other thing, too. That is, was like in 74 when they started banning that. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of purple ball sack and just the dirtiest buttholes I've ever seen. And I think part of that is like the degraded film. Dirty, butt cracks. You can smell them off the television. <laughs> it was just, it was horrible. It was just not, not okay butthole. I am, by the way, totally convinced. I've talked to Steve about this already, but I'm completely convinced that every single couple that has a sex scene in that movie is actually a couple just having sex. Like, not really even necessarily... I mean, they're doing it for the film. Mm -hmm. But the scenes are... And part of what makes it so uncomfortable to me isn't... I mean, obviously the implied raping makes me very uncomfortable. But just the fact that the scenes are so intimate, it's like you're just watching somebody's like private home video. Yeah. It is is really weird. Is is part of that because the sex in it is not staged like a porno at all? I mean, the sex is really mm-hmm. like it's not staged. I mean, you can't see anything. I mean, it's yeah. Pornography focuses generally on odd sexual positions that allow for visibility for an onlooking audience, which real sex has no interest in. Mm-hmm. And this film is kind of like it has no interest in making anything visible. I mean, literally, it's like it just looks like two people headbutting each other in the dark for a while, and that's kind of and part of crotch. the crotch. It's yeah. like you have to take yeah, it on they faith. Set up like it. Yeah, you 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 just gonna have to take it on faith that sex is happening for parts of the, the for large parts of the uh triple X elements. Mm-hmm. Well and then you know yeah, they give us the buttholes and like set up a stationary camera and uh, just shot at someone's taint and, and let it ride. Mm-hmm. It was Yeah, pretty real, much. And, just, and I think Pulsing the only butt. Yeah, the, the the only direction they seemed to give the the women for those scenes was to kick their legs ever so often a little bit kind of wildly to make it look like maybe they weren't having you know maybe they were having a bad time mm-hmm. and that's like that's the only inference that this is you know rape well you uh, know i think it was martin scorsese who once said that you know just uh set up the camera shoot the taint and let it ride that's uh you know classic yeah. classic <laughs> film technique it's a direct see i like how <laughs> Yeah, I like how Steve thought uh, it felt like they were real couples, whereas I couldn't tell the difference between any of the Johns at all. They just all look like well, the same grotesque yeah. extra from Straw Dogs, like stuff more <laughs> in. Well, specifically, there's, like, there's that last uh, when the wife finally, some John finally comes in to have sex with her. You never see his face. It's just from the back. I'm convinced it's the husband. Like just not the not the character, but like I'm convinced it's the, the same dude actor who plays the husband. Yeah, and they just like got down and did the dirty. That's entirely possible. That is entirely possible. Who knows? 
she puts up no resistance. She's like she has one she has one hand manacled and with a with a manacle with a lot of a lot of slack on that chain. Like she could have moved about and she her other hand is free and she apparently is paralyzed otherwise. It's a very weird scenario it's also implied that she like isn't getting high from the heroin because she's the only one asking for help yeah that was kind of weird too maybe they didn't get did they get did they ever show them injecting her with heroin or maybe they just they didn't yeah they injected right in her butt Mm -hmm. oh that's right that did happen yeah i'm already already working on on blocking out a large chunk of this film i think Mm. uh maybe she already uh was a junkie, and thereby it just didn't have the intended effect. It wasn't a strong well, enough. You know, message. honestly, I would turn to heroin if I was in her marriage because her husband's a real pile of shit. The guy's useless. I mean, he he stays out drinking. He doesn't have a job, and he's like, "I'm a writer." Uh, you know, things will things will pick up. No, they're not. And the next thing he knows, he's uh, you know, picking up toys for Santa Claus, the heroin dealer. I mean, come on. Guy's a loser. Yeah, he just picks up a job that basically involves him picking up an unmarked box in Paris and driving it back and and asking no questions and don't look inside. Yeah. Like that doesn't sound like a real job. You know, if you're getting paid under the table for a job like that in cash, that you should probably you know 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 the risk. You are probably going to end up in police custody. <laughs> oh God, this movie. They did, they did a real piss poor job of setting up how exactly you got involved with Santa Claus, too. I mean, it's implied that the uh, inn owner like tried to set it up to get him out of the way, but how would he even have occasion to meet this guy at a toy store? It's it's it kind of weird. Sense. Suddenly, he had why, a yeah. Why why do you set like why did she set that up anyway? You you don't like it makes no sense. They have this this business of prostitutes in the flop house, and then they take in guests, which is already you know kind of you do you want to get caught but then they take one of their guests and hook them up with a job with their drug dealer it's like they really want to get caught i think Mm -hmm. well and you know maybe they don't really want to get caught but they just know how incompetent the cops are in their area they are pretty poor (laughs) because not a good my god are they stupid (laughs) fucking take my gun mr angry man yeah Yes, you know how to use gun. Take one. It's like that's not what you do with citizens. I don't think. <laughs> no, Take, that and then he and then he murders someone. Uh, he just that uh, he goes off and murders someone. It's like that's gonna fall. That's gonna reflect poorly on the police. <laughs> yeah, and I I also like how like the cop comes into the house and he's the only one, and then they get themselves into a sticky situation, and lo and behold, there's like two other cops downstairs. And also yeah, this entire time, it seems like the police force has taken about, like, 19 wrong turns because they keep cutting to this footage of the cops, like, whipping around corners and you hear the sirens going off. And it's just like, well, how long is it taking them to get here? Like, what? <laughs> well, it is, like, one big roundabout in England, yeah, right? Yeah, there you go. That's That must be it. That, that could be it. But, yeah, um, it's it's just a weird film because aside from the plot holes, I think, I guess the, the, the dwarf is the main the main in draw torben the dwarf and it's just a weird atmosphere i mean it gives itself over it has these weird cabaret numbers throughout from torben's mom and her dreams of her her ex lifestyle as a singer mm-hmm. and and the woman that she's performed to she is they're 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 pretending to drink together and they have a big bottle of gin and it's they're not actually pretending that woman that she's performing her is drinking gin and she is not like no one is a good actor in this film and that no. woman's drunken performance is absolutely she's drunk i can tell well here's here's a theory is the sinful dwarf really just a commercial for beef eater gin have you thought about that <laughs> how does beef eater gin feel about this film i yeah that's another question because the the beef eater bottle is very prominent like normally it's like okay we'll take the label off or we'll turn the bottle around oh no beef eater front and center which, by the way, it's not the cheapest gin in the world. I mean, it's not top shelf stuff, but that's like, you know, probably, I mean, it's it's like, what, 15, 16 bu- bucks for a bottle now? So, I mean. What about the beef eaters that go into the attic? Mm, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, so, no, you oh. go ahead. I was going to say, like, those scenes, well, A, they were the most interesting things in the film outside of Torben himself. But uh, the way they were shot, it always amuses me how there's this this strange disparity in a lot of these exploitation films where it would, like, cut in on this close-up 
of her smoking and it's actually a really great shot and then it would immediately like incompetence would just seep in like the way they blocked all the scenes with uh the woman who she's drinking with and she's like a foot lower like on some sunken floor or something <laughs> and it just made no sense at all and it was like my god yeah well yeah steve and i were trying to like work out what the layout of this place was and we we could not figure it out for the life of us. Like yeah, that, you get no sense of space. No, there's. I, I had no idea other than okay, this is a room with a piano and some weird booth and clearly a liquor cabinet somewhere. I, is that is the weirdest space? It's so so strange. I don't know. It, it's yeah. I I think that's a good point too. It's like this movie does a lot of strangely compelling and interesting things at times, but then the, the incompetence seeps in. Yeah, you'll get scenes where they just like didn't backlight anything, so there's like horrible shadows, and it's just it's strange. But yeah, there's a couple of shots where you're like, "Wow, they seem to know what they're doing," and then there's a bunch more where you're like, "No, no, they didn't." <laughs> so, Myros, did you did you watch this one alone? Did everybody watch this alone except for me and Steve? Like, what what was your situation here? <laughs> did you share uh, the sinful dwarf with your loved ones and friends? I did. I was going to see if uh, Sean wanted to get in on this podcast and go over there, but then I was like, this is going to be really porny. I think I'm just going <laughs> to just gonna go solo on this. You, you don't want to watch porn with Sean? No, generally not. Oh, wow. Well, fine. You're no fun. <laughs> Sean, if you're uh, listening right now, I'd watch tons of porn with you, man. <laughs> Beautiful. We already clarified I watched it with my, with my wife. So. <laughs> God bless her. <laughs> what did she think of it? Um, she, I think she laughed at certain points and at other points was just as confused as I was. So I feel that's, that's about, I mean, I get, there was, I did give warning beforehand. It's not like it was a totally random thing, but it's not the weirdest thing I've ever watched. So maybe it is. I don't know at this point. I'm losing perspective. (laughs) I I watched it semi alone, meaning I was in the living room, um, with it playing and my roommate, he was on his computer, which is also in the living room, but he had headphones on so that I wouldn't disturb him. But then every now and then he would go and look up at the screen and he would see like a giant butthole thrusting. And then he'd look at me and give me this look of disapproval and then go back to his work on the computer. Did he understand the context of you watching like a grainy blue ball sack like bulging and bouncing? Like, or did he I, I not? I don't think he had any idea what You should I was have front loaded him with a little bit of information because now he probably thinks you're like 1970s rape porn guy. <laughs> I feel yeah. when he looked over, you should have just patted the cushion beside you and <laughs> given him a little look. No, I literally really just threw my arms up the air. I'm like, well, this is what I'm watching. Well, <laughs> you can join me if you want. It's butthole time, buddy. Have a seat. Sticky, hairy just, butt cracks. It's just, well, you own a copy in Blu-ray, so you can watch it on its, at his leisure now. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, he can watch it whenever he wants. And hey, you know what else he can watch? Here's the segue of the century, guys. Uh, there's a lovely extra on there. Actually, there's a lot of lovely extras. This is a very like fully loaded Blu-ray. Um, there's a there's a little short film on there from Harry Novak, I believe, who was the producer on The Sinful Dwarf, if I'm not mistaken. It was and, the American. He imported, I believe, he ah, was the, the American import, okay. distributor. So he, he bought it in for America. It's the reason America got to experience the wonderful dwarfiness. Mm, God bless him. God bless him. And they decided to just throw a little extra on there. And that is a movie called The Blue Balloon, uh, which I think Adam Myros said was his favorite movie of all time. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, it's up there. Uh, there was another it, connection too. Like the star is one of the Haddock girls. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. I, I would say straight up, if you at any point confuse the blue balloon with the red balloon, you were going to be in a world. Of <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's a good double feature. We'll have to do that one for a shotgun wedding episode. <laughs> Wait, question. Why is this movie called The Blue Balloon? Just because she has like a daydream where there's like a penis balloon floating through the air? Yeah, what is, is that what that balloon is? It's this weird it's shape and balloon and it floats away and they do like a 70s music video double exposure thing. So it's like it, the, the balloon appears more than once on the screen just, you know, just to make the, it less boring of a shot. And she has that balloon at the very start, and it floats away. And it also plays; it floating away plays over the opening credits. And then, other than that, there is no reference to the balloon whatsoever. So, yeah, I don't, good question. Yeah, I didn't watch the uh, official version. Uh, I think they must have like lovingly restored it because my version sure didn't have opening credits. It just kind of like opened on nastiness. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What? It, it, 
I mean, what is it open on? It's like crap anyway. I mean, it's clearly like there's not a huge amount of work, I think, going into maintaining film stock for a lot of 70s Euro porn. No. So, oh, yeah. It, it's, it's great if you want your porn to look like a snuff film. Yeah. yeah. It actually, it honestly looks like they like plucked the original film out of an actual trash heap and then they just they just scanned it. Yeah, and I think they got it from Vinegar Syndrome, who are another boutique label that are releasing some really, really out of the way stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. they're it's great they're out there, but they, they they apparently had this 16 mil, I guess I think it was 16 millimeter film in their vaults, and they transferred it for Severn, and Severn must have licensed it off them. <laughs> oh, but like, it, it's just it's a straight transfer of 16 mil. It is not in any way touched up digitally or lovingly restored uh, or all those other little you know things that every other boutique label will boast about when they're talking about their presentation of the feature. None of that was done for this because honestly, it's. I think a grungier copy is more appropriate. Yeah, uh, it, it the, makes the it makes sense touched. to have like the you know the scratched up grindhouse version of it. I I don't know what a 4K restoration of the blue balloon would look like. Uh, <laughs> I would well, feel so quite bad for who... that money back. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's. I guess that's primarily no one's gonna something to shoot for. Hey, if anybody from the Criterion Collection is uh, listening, we set up a Kickstarter for the 4K restoration. Yeah. Yeah, so here's 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 my pitch to Criterion. Okay, so you got a you got a triple feature box set. You got blue is the warmest color, the red balloon, and the blue balloon. Perfect. You get they everything. Could stick in the three colors trilogy as well. Why, yeah. Like I stop. <laughs> yeah. That would be great. Christoph Kieslowski's blue balloon. White, red, blue, blue balloon. There's so many places where you could just kind of like insert this movie as an extra and not tell anyone. <laughs> I mean, there's there's rumors that uh, Criterion's going to be doing a, a restoration of Doctor Strangelove, so maybe they could, you know, just kind of drop that in there casually. <laughs> it's, a, it's the strangest love you'll ever see. <laughs> if Kubrick's film doesn't make you lose faith in humanity, then watch this too. There you go. See, it's perfect. Yeah. So, uh, any theories as to what the name could possibly refer to? I, I think it's just it. It seems. I mean, it, it's that with the blue balloon. It's like. Uh, is it her innocence? Is her happiness that it floats away? And then she does a bunch of... I mean, this is another film we should clarify, that the storyline of this film basically involves a woman, again, being drugged and dragged into the world of prostitution against her will. Yeah, and Harry Novak's got some some weird things that he likes to import. Yeah, the, the only difference being that here she ends up, for some reason, liking it, but not in like a belle du jour existential fashion, just in a like, we're just going to keep going with this and we need justification, so we're just going to say she's having an okay time. Yeah, I think like, the, the Cliff's Notes version of this would be like the sinful dwarf, but more sin and less dwarf. He definitely short on dwarves. <laughs> oh. Ha ha! Oh, God. Uh, yeah, Myros, what's your favorite scene from the Blue Balloon? I mean, I know you have a lot. Well, that first sex scene with, like, the double team uh, with the guy with, like, rotten teeth, yeah. and it's just it's just gorgeous. I almost <laughs> shut it off immediately. <laughs> the voiceover work on that is stupendous. His laughter, the laughter they just inserted from that guy. and the fact Yeah, that's playing, the thing. They're playing really bad poker beforehand, and it's like, oh, I'm going to quit the game of poker because someone just rang me to let me know there's, like, a drugged-up girl we can double-team. Yeah, there's definitely, kind of uh, poker. There's mm. definitely no, no mic on set there. The whole thing is ADR'd to shit. Yeah. <laughs> there might be a, an original Danish dialogue portion. I have no idea. I, I doubt it would fare much better, to be honest. Um, and again, all of the all the sex scenes. And I mean, the blue balloon is much more like it is an actual porno. Whereas the sinful dwarf, they just kind of I think they just wanted to tip it over the edge, so they they introduced some more extensive footage for the sex sequences. But like the blue balloon is just unabashed; it's pornography. That's sure, the, sure. the sex scenes go on for an uncomfortably long amount of time, considering how bad they are. Mm-hmm. Um, they show a lot more. They're a lot more detailed and shot to be viewable. And then, but still, they're really awkwardly put together. I mean, I, I can't. I would love to just do a, a, a take out of the film where I figure out how much footage is devoted to the lead actress just kind of rolling her head from left to right. Uh, that's just they cut to her <laughs> head doing that over and over again. Um, it's it's very well. I mean, it's not sexy for one thing at all. If the storyline would even allow it to be sexy, which would be an uphill struggle. The 
everything else doesn't help either. <laughs> God. Yeah, this is... Um, it, it was something. And, you know, I guess you can't complain because... It's just a little extra, a little extra something, and it, it really shows the love that was put into this set uh, when, you, when you get a I great porn like, like that. The, I, think, I think the big bonus is the other triple X feature that Severin managed to put in, which again came courtesy of Vinegar Syndrome, who must have one of the most deplorable archives <laughs> in the world at this point, where they found a clip from another film, and apparently Vinegar Syndrome are going to be releasing the entire film at some point. You know, oh, boy. I, I want to put my order in immediately. Uh, for, I think it's called The Hottest Show in Town or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. They have, right. a single, they have a single scene from it, but that's the only place in the entire disc where you will see two little people having sex with each other. One of whom is the most ripped little person I have ever seen. He's he could looks like he could tear me in half, which is terrifying in and of itself. <laughs> but it's actual actual you know little people sex, which is something that the Learning Channel has never put on. Mm, no, not even <laughs> big people, little people. Never. They always cut away. I bet just <laughs> before you know it's going to happen. Big schlong. <laughs> oh God. So, but but there's there's some controversy here because. Is is Torben really in that scene, or is that just another little person? Because there's, yeah, there's that, this guy at the start who could be him, but it's like a thinner version. If any, like must, I don't know when they were made. It's, that would seem like too much work to find that out. Yeah, I I don't know. I I mean, I'm hoping it was him because I like the idea of him being a child television star and also a porn star and also in a movie where the first thing he does is abduct a person who might be a child. That's pretty cool. Well, it, to, to me, I don't I, like. There's, there's no way that Torben is the is the dwarf, the sex in that scene. I don't. I, that's not. I think he's one of the dwarves that walks out at the yeah, start of yeah. that, that scene. There's like, like two dwarves and, and a naked woman and a ring, a circus ringmaster walk out. He must be one of those dwarves. I, he's not the bodybuilder. That, no, I refuse to believe that. My world would implode if that's the case. <laughs> Well, you know, and I think it's important, too, that we mention that uh, Torben had a hand. I, I think he had a hand in the blue balloon, maybe, too. I could be wrong here. But I know, other than starring as the Sinful Dwarf, he was also in charge of set design. So we can thank Torben for the beautiful look of the flop house in The Sinful Dwarf. Really? And where would the movie be without his talents? You stack some chairs. Uh, I mean, the attic is that's all it is. They're they're crowded attic that has the the door. I, I felt it was really unfair. I mean, if if your son is if your son is of short stature, and you want him to help you out with your prostitution ring that you're running, they they have the door that's locked and it's locked with the key, and then they also have two strips of wood that go across the door. Which I don't know why they even bother because the girls just roll around doped up on heroin they never stand up even no. i don't think they even stand up for the entire film so i don't know who's going to try no one tries to escape they leave the door open for long periods of time throughout the film no one tries to escape i don't know why they have so much security on this door but one of the the upper piece of wood i mean dorvin has to get like a little step ladder to get at it and it's like i think he could just do without it maybe it's they're protecting of... their their piles of bricks that they have in the attic because that's the only other thing there is up there a lot of piles hey. of bricks you're right. At one point, he even asks one of the Johns to help get it down for him. He says, That's right. Help, yeah. it's help like, me with the upper board. <laughs> yeah, it's like, screw this. This is too much work. I just oh. leave it down, Torben. Just let it go. I, I think one of the best touches of the movie is uh, the the Torben-sized st- picture. Like, when he's looking through the people, but it's just like, no, it's it's not just a people. It's a people that's like... It's clearly like Torben eye level on the wall, and it's just this tiny little picture for him to peer through, so he can watch people have sex. It's amazing. Like if you if you had that room, if you rented that room out, how would you not know that was like the Torben people <laughs> picture? It's More ridiculous. Mystery. More mystery. That's that's the thing. Every time you you find an answer to a question with the sinful dwarf, it just raises five more. Uh, well, I guess, you know, the big question here is, if you're listening right now, or, or if you, let's speak to our, our listeners, should they watch The Sinful Dwarf? Uh, Myros, you want to you take a crack at this first? Uh, who are we talking to here? If you're into exploitation at all, I'd, I'd say give the first, uh, just until that first triple X Q hits, then uh, you're good to go. It's a fun 35 minutes. Hey, you, you'd miss, you'd miss the, uh, sad Torben suicide at the end though, with that great dwarf doll that they just chuck <laughs> off the roof. I think that's where they got the, the design for the dwarf doll. 
That must have been the one ah, that they threw off the roof. From the dummy they threw off <laughs> yeah. the roof. <laughs> Which looks amazing. It just looks like a, a plaid shirt that somebody just like stuffed with hay and threw off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably isn't too far off from what actually happened. <laughs> it's like all when he falls, his arms and legs just atrophied, and he's just this still figure falling straight to the ground. Then oh. is when he di- when he's dying, his mouth is like twitching to the beat of the weird uh, clown drumming. Mm-hmm. That was fucking kind of, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's spitting out blood. That was kind of neat. Anyways. That's pretty cool. There's there's yeah. a lot of little moments in here that are surprising. Uh, Steve Coleman, what do you think? Yeah, do it. Yeah, do it. This is We're talking to you, Sean Glynis, Mr. I'm too cool to watch the Sinful Dwarf. We're telling you, you're not too cool. You're not cool at all. Just, if anything, just to learn a lesson in maybe uh, how to uh, improve your own personal hygiene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wipe, wipe, wipe your ass. Yeah, wipe your butt. <laughs> wipe your hairy skin. Sticky ass. <laughs> uh, Jake, what do you say? Would you recommend um, this one? Gosh, that's so tough to say. If you're into exploitation films, definitely seek this out. If you're a casual viewer, I don't know if I would suggest it, but maybe find, like I, I saw online, there's this video available. It's not, I didn't watch it yet, but there's like a Best of Sinful Dwarf, which is about 15 minutes long. You would probably be good if you just watched that. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one to suggest. <laughs> it is. It is tough. Jack, how about you? You gonna recommend this to uh, someone? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tough. Cause, I mean, you could watch a best of, but I feel I feel part of the charm with when if you're in any way uh, tend to watch films like this anyway, or track down films just because they're obscene and just awkward and offensive and could not be made today because it would just be awful. Um. I think part of it is 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 sitting through it, you know, and kind of watching the like. To me, what what really is attractive to the film is the the off kilter pacing. The fact there's almost no story. What little story there is isn't very well put together, and it just it deviates into just random meandering event. It's kind of it, it's just a really for a ninety five minute long film. You would think it would have have slightly more structure, but it really. It really almost nothing happens in the film outside of like maybe two or three key events. Um, so yeah, sure. I feel if you're if you're that way inclined towards you know I want to watch a movie that's going to make me want to take a shower. That's you know and not not the good shower, the like rubbing yourself raw shower just to get it <laughs> off. Um, this one, uh, th- this is good. There are other fil- I think there's other outrageously sleazy movies that are maybe are more fun, but you know to each their own on that. Sure, sure. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's 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 one of the things I feel we for people who haven't seen this movie, just our discussion thus far, must surely have filled their head with enough awkward images that they're going to know whether or not they have to, you know, get images to accompany whatever their mind has currently generated. Yeah, yeah. If your if your knee jerk reaction to listening to this podcast is not that you don't want to see the sinful dork, then you need to seek it out immediately. Yeah, if if you're curious after listening to this, you might as well pull the trigger. I gotta say, it's 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 worth it. Now, I think you 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 made a good point, Jack, and this is where I'm gonna jump in and guess give my two cents on this. But um, it is a movie that makes you want to take a shower, for better or for worse. And I think I was reading reviews about this before it came in the mail, and one of the reviews I read, and I can't remember where it was from, but it, there was a line where it's just like, "Well, you could watch The Sinful Dwarf, or you could just take a Brillo pad and scour your eyeballs," and. <laughs> You know, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't quite say it's like that. But there are some things where I was just like, oh, boy, ah, just like horribly awkward, painful. I just have the just the the image of like that degraded film with that guy's dirty butt just burned into my brain forever. This is an incredibly sleazy movie. Like when people talk about exploitation and, and horror and just, you know, the super extreme stuff. A lot of times those movies don't really deliver or, you know, and and, and this it, it kind of delivers. This is all the promises of exploitation all on screen at once. It's something. So I would say, yeah, you should probably watch this. If you're interested, if you're listening I to this podcast, so, yeah, watch I mean, wh- it. Whoa, we lost you, I think. You there, Jack? Yeah. Well, oh, there you go. I'm here. Yeah, no, I, I think what's interesting about The Sinful Dwarf is that it it's really sleazy because it doesn't function on any other level. 
unbelievable. Like, there's no story there that needs to be told. As pornography, it's not really very porny. It's just like the whole thing is, it, like, it's just delivered entirely on the level of just sleaziness. That's all sure. it's there to do. It's like they came up with the optimal mix of things to piss people off or yeah. to make people uncomfortable, and they ran with it. Well, and I, I think it's important to note, too, that a lot of times when you watch movies like this, it's almost like they have a list, like a, a checkoff list of like, oh, we got to do this thing because this will upset people and blah, blah, blah. And they're just kind of like going down the list. And when you watch The Sinful Dwarf, you there's this kind of like underlying feeling that it's not just a, a list of things that they're checking off to offend an audience. It's like they, these are really like horrible, disgusting human beings making a really gross exploitation movie. So there's an authenticity to it that makes it special. And oh yeah, and that opening credit song is amazing. Anyways, mm-hmm. that's worth watching alone. Oh yeah, just, that's for just the, oh, even, even the opening scene. Even just the opening scene with him and the girl, and then leading into the the first five minutes are worth watching. Oh alone. yeah, the first five minutes are killer. Uh, yeah, really, really good. Um, all right, guys. Um, well, I guess we'll we'll wrap things up here. Then, what are you guys putting over this week, Steve Coleman? What are you putting over? Goo. <laughs> I'll come back to you, Myros. What are you putting over? I'm putting over the people versus O.J. Simpson. You took mine. <laughs> you took mine. <laughs> you guys can both put over the people versus O.J. Simpson. I, gotta, I, I, I really like that, that both of you are telling our audience to watch the O.J. Simpson made-for-TV miniseries. I'll uh, get a new one, but Adam, go ahead. Yeah, it's really great because it's stupid as shit, and uh, it makes no sense as to why it exists, and most of the performances are cartoonish uh topped by uh john travolta as robert shapiro with nice. the, the worst makeup i've ever seen travolta and, and schwimmer but, is the dream team i've always wanted right but then i don't know like the the last episode that aired uh was actually really good and the show's not bad it's just like it's campy and kind of good at the same time and it's uh yeah definitely worth watch a lot better than Murphy's other show, which may have borrowed some from uh, The Sinful Dwarf, American Horror Story. I'd give that one a pass. <laughs> um, all right, Jack, what are you putting over this week? Uh, I, you know what well, I'm going to put over? For, it's St. Patrick's. This is the St. Patrick's Day podcast. I find it, I've been putting this off for years. I don't know why, but I watched it just this morning, and it's a remarkable film that everyone needs to see. Um, it's a film called Fatal Deviation. And it is, to date, I believe, Ireland's only martial arts action film. And if I could sum it up, it is essentially Imagine Blood Sport being remade with no money in rural Ireland. And that's the film. <laughs> Sounds like a dream. Amazing. I love it. I love it. It is amazing. Um, and honestly, if, like, if, if Blood Sport with an Irish accent and no money doesn't capture your attention immediately, uh, then fuck you, basically. <laughs> Well, it's interesting that you mentioned Bloodsport, too, because I watched a, a very early, a pre-Bloodsport Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Um, well, it's, it's tough to call it his movie, but it's called No Retreat, No Surrender, and uh, that one's that's a lot of fun. It's really fucking stupid. Uh, Myros, you, you'd get a kick out of that. Is that, the, is that the one with uh, Shokazuki? No, no, it's not Shokazuki. It's, um, it's like these kids. Well, maybe, maybe Shokazuki's in it, but like this kid does karate, but he's kind of shitty and his dad is oh, a karate yeah. teacher and his dad is just like the lamest karate I, teacher ever yeah so then the ghost of bruce lee teaches him karate which that's a thing uh <laughs> yeah i was thinking of black eagle that's the show because you were van damme show really early van damme film where he shows up as a bad guy but yeah, yeah. bad films there but, you go you know if you, if you want to watch him you gotta you gotta do it yeah uh jake do you come up with another one I did. Um, Look at that. So I want to add on real quick to the People versus OJ. When I first started watching it, it was I thought it was just kind of outrageously bad and campy, um, but it's really starting to settle down and actually is improving. Uh, so I'm I'm curious to see it through the end. It's worth checking out. But what I'm going to put over is I was looking through um, the some of the I know the Academy Awards are long gone, but there was a film nominated for best foreign film that was still playing here in L.A. Uh, called Embrace of the Serpent, and I thought it was incredible. Oh. Uh, it, it's about these two um, scientists set in different 
Uh, it's set in different, two different time periods as we follow these two scientists. Each of them are trying to discover this rare flower that has healing properties. And in each storyline, they're guided by this uh, shaman who knows the jungle well, and he seems to be this uh, mystical being. But it's it's really well shot. It it like conjures up some like early memories of watching like Aguirre and Fitzcarraldo. So mm-hmm. Embrace of the Serpent, check it out. Yeah, that one's actually coming to Milwaukee, I think, next week, I want to say. So I oh. that was on my to-watch list. Yeah, Steve Cohen, you want to go on a date? Theater. I'll buy yeah, some by popcorn. all means, check it out. It's great. Very cool, very cool. Coleman, you got something for us to watch? Don't say yeah. Xanadu, because I'm not watching goddamn Xanadu again. I know how much you love Olivia Newton-John. You don't like the place <laughs> Shit. where nobody dares to go? <laughs> Shit. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't have recommended that. Come on. Silly. Um, Togetherness. The uh, HBO series. Jesus. What the fuck is that? Shut the hell up. Hey, that's that's Jake singing Xanadu songs. You should be happy. But yeah, Togetherness. Tell me about Togetherness, Steve. Just watch it so it doesn't get canceled. I like that show. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good reason. It's HBO. It's uh, it's in its second season. They just had their third episode, and I think it's probably one of the better, best episodes of the series so far. Um, spoiler alert, but if you haven't watched it yet, why would you start watching it now without any context? Um, the main couple in Togetherness, um, she's finally revealed that she cheated on her husband at the end of last season, so he... And his buddy basically just run away to Detroit for a day. Oh, and they hit up Detroit. You Michigan boys would love it. <laughs> yeah, they hit up the Bronx Bar. Hey, yeah. do they really? We drink at the Bronx yeah. Bar. I love the Bronx Bar. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to the Bronx Bar jukebox. <laughs> yeah, they they go up to the jukebox and then it's playing "Hold My Hand" by Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, that see that that's very unrealistic. I don't think that Hootie album's in there. They do have, um, I think. Uh, Steely Dan's Pretzel Logic, which I tried to get Sean uh, to get a girl's phone number by bullying him and her into discussing Steely Dan while I was drunk. So <laughs> that's always that's always good. You go up to a strange girl, you're like, "Hey, play some Steely Dan." You talk to this guy about Steely Dan. It was really good. It was an important moment in my life. Uh, this was, week, was that oh no, ja- Jackie. I think you you no. sound you sound like a scratched up copy of the Blue Balloon right now. <laughs> so he sounds like a oh, good really? copy of the blue balloon. <laughs> but yeah, like the only available copy of the blue balloon, God willing, <laughs> that will ever be available. Uh, I was just curious. That was successful. That sounds like. I mean, that sounds like the the kicking off point for an amazing, you know, how to pick up women book. That it, it was may well be so with the blue balloon. It was surprising. I mean, I guess it helps that uh, Sean is a classically handsome man. Um, but as far as like me yelling at a strange woman about Steely Dan while trying to. <laughs> get Sean to have sex with a woman? I think it went off swimmingly because she came back over later and was just like, hey, we're going to this other bar. You guys should come. And then we went there, but they wanted to charge us $10 for a cover. So we were like, nah. And it was kind of in a stabby area too. So it was just like, we should probably call that Uber that we just got out of and get back into it. (laughs) Uh, But hey, maybe it was a whole setup for another exploitation film where uh, the girl pretends to be interested in Sean and then she... um, hits us all over the head with a cane and then there's a you know mechanical dog toy and uh but who knows anyways this week i am putting over uh, there's another horror slash exploitation movie that just came out on blu-ray it's called pieces and uh it's a really gory bloody fun slasher and there's an extra on the pieces blu-ray uh it's called uh 42nd street memories and basically they just talk to uh like I think Joe Dante, um, they talked to Lloyd Kaufman, just a bunch of directors of just 70s and 80s sleaze movies, and then a bunch of other random people uh, who just happened to be around during that time, and they just talked to them about like what 42nd Street was like uh, in New York in the 1970s and 80s, and the kind of movies that were there, and what the theaters were like, and it sounds like an amazing slash horrifying experience. It's It's very interesting. So, yeah, if you're into anecdotal stories about... You know, people getting stabbed with screwdrivers by crackheads and, you know, people pissing and jerking off in movie theaters. Uh, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, it's a great little extra to throw on to uh, uh, another amazing restoration of a very obscure movie. So, check that out. 
Uh, anyways, if you are listening right now, do us a big favor. Go to iTunes and please rate us and write a review. Why would you rate and write a review? Well, let me tell you. Uh, that helps our visibility. The more visibility we have, the more people will come and listen to us and the more wonderful content we can create for you. You can also go to optimismvaccine.com. Uh, Jack, resident Irishman, uh, has a new article that will be going up probably tonight, if I'm not mistaken, which means by the time you hear this, it will be up. Uh, he watched Fuller House, which you're probably saying, well, what's the big deal? Isn't that supposed to be a giant pile of shit? Yes, it is, but it's a giant pile of shit that he had zero reference points for because uh, they didn't have Full House in Ireland, so he didn't know what the fuck he was getting into, and boy, did he get into something. Jack, how much do you love Fuller well, House? It was it was a whirlwind experience. Um, what I did know going into it was it was only thirty six minutes long, so that that helped me. <laughs> that helps, yeah. That makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Well, you can read all about that on optimismvaccine.com. You can follow us on Twitter at optimismvaccine. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you have any suggestions for other uh, exploitation movies that we should watch, uh, tweet at us or you can email us optimismvaccine at gmail dot com. Also, if you want to Twitter us individually, I'm at Steve Cuff. Uh, Jake, what are you? I'm at Lance Stargrove. Uh, Jack, what do you got? I'm at Effigy105. Effigy105. Uh, yeah, I had to pick the one that was least catchy. Yeah, you know, that's, that's all right. It's okay. Steve Coleman, how about you? I'm at Colemania. That is K-O-H-L-M-A-N-I-A. Uh-huh. And uh, Myros is a fucking Mennonite, so he doesn't use internet things like Twitter. So he's got a nice beard going, though. I wish. <laughs> yeah, he can't grow facial hair. It's sad. No, nope, no. Nope. Anyways, uh, thank you, gentlemen, and we will be back again next week with more wonderful podcast goodness, and uh, hopefully we can watch something else that will mentally scar me the way that the Sinful Dwarf did. Mm-hmm.